Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Weekly MTG, the only show coming to you from literally inside the building at Wizards of the Coast headquarters in Renton. Uh, we have a fantastic show today, and I know that because I have one of my favorite guests on. I have senior game designer Ethan Fleischer, who is here to talk to us about Dominaria United. Because not only did he work on this, but Ethan may know more about Dominaria lore than any human on the planet. It's possible. I certainly know more about Dominarian geography than any human on the planet. You absolutely do. Yeah, that was probably one of the last times we had you on the show was when you talked about the map of Dominaria. Yeah. Uh, for Dominaria United, I led the vision design team for the main set, and I also led the design of the commander sets all the way from start to finish. Yeah, so uh, we're going to talk previews today. We are, as you can see at the bottom, we're going to talk about some of the set booster commander cards, which again, Ethan was right on top of. We had some other previews uh, in there as well, which are very lower focused. So Ethan's going to give us some, some background on those. And then we're going to round things out with some questions from you that you can put in chat. Uh, you put them in now, I'm probably going to forget. But if you wait towards the Q&A section, then we'll definitely get those queued up for Ethan. Uh, before we get to all of that, let's start with a little bit of news. So today's news is just a reminder that the August Super Drop is on sale at secretlayer.wizards.com. The bundle bundle right there has all the bundles bundled up for you. It's $469.87. The full of foil bundle is all of the foil bundles in one bundle. Say bundle one more time, I dare you. $289.93. And then we have non-stop non-foil bundle, $179.94. Uh, and then my favorite drop in this particular super drop, the Showcase Dominator United Texture Foil Edition. So this takes the uh, stained glass foiling treatment in Dominaria United, which is already awesome, and applies it to the Elder Dragon Legends from Original Legends, which is really cool. Very exciting to see them in such a exciting new treatment. Yeah. Next up we have, so this, this yeah, we're just all excited and up and now it's like, it's a little sad. It's, it's a bit sad. Um, our friend Jay Ballard uh, died in the story of Dominar United. And so in memoriam, the Jaya Ballard, both foil and non-foil edition are available for $39.99 and also $29.99. Jaya Ballard is one of my favorite characters. I'm definitely going to be picking this one up. Yeah. Next up, we have the Artist Series Neil's Ham, and uh, these are adorable and fantastic cards. Next up, Artist Series Victor Adame Minguez, and we have both foil and non-foil for these. I definitely want that compost. Moving on. Imaginary Friends Foil Edition. This is my favorite from the drop. These I like are several of these. So cool looking. They really are. The the Git Rog just kind of like hugging his legs. Anyway, um, yeah. Imaginary Friends Foil Edition, non foil edition, thirty nine nine nine, twenty nine nine nine, and then we have the Dan Frazier. So there are two Dan Frazier drops in this one. So Dan Frazier's back again. The Enemy Talismans again, both foil and non foil. And then, finally, rounding things out, of course, the Allied talisman, Talismans, again, from Dan Frazier. All right, that's the August Super Drop. Now, let's talk about Dominar United. I'm super excited about this. 
I've been doing work stuff all day. Not that this isn't work stuff, but this this feels like just kind of hanging out and getting to talk about cool Dominaria United stuff, which I'm super stoked for. So we're going to get right into it. So the first batch of cards we're going to talk about are the Set Booster Commander cards. So in case people aren't familiar, Ethan, where and how can you find these this set of cards? These are in Set Boosters. I believe they're also in Collector Boosters, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, that's where you'll find them. And... They are legal in Commander, Legacy, and Vintage, but uh, not in Standard or Modern. Or yep, and you can you can tell formats. the difference based on the set symbol and also at the bottom the three-letter code in the lower right. left. It'll say DMC on the uh, on the bottom, and it'll have the same expansion symbol as the cards from the Commander decks. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so let's dive right into it. The first card is Historian's Boon. So this. That is, there it is. Hi, Historian's Boon is a 4-mana, 3 and a white enchantment. When Historian's Boon or another non-token enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, create a 1-1 white soldier creature token. Whenever the final chapter ability of a saga you control triggers, create a 4-4 white angel creature token with flying and vigilance. All right, what's going on here, Ethan? Sagas are have been a great success. They came out in the original Dominaria set. We've we've put them in multiple sets since then, including mm -hmm. Dominaria United. Yep. And we wanted to start to enable people to play with lots of sagas together in a deck. And so here's a sort of reward for getting those sagas in there. How's the uh, Sarah Angel token sound like as a kind of reward that you're looking it for? Sounds pretty good. I mean, I'm looking at this, and I you know I have an enchantment. Enchantress commander deck, and so I see the the first line that's like, whenever the boon or another non-token enchantment enters the battlefield, this is kind of in the vein of a couple other win conditions in that space. And if you happen to be playing sagas at the same time, uh, you get a little extra bonus. This works really well actually with Urza's saga, which is appropriate because mm -hmm. it does all the things. Yeah. So many things, as it turned so out, many work things. well with Urza's saga. Yeah, and of note, so as Ethan said earlier, the um, these these cards are found in set boosters and the collector boosters. The set booster version on the left, the collector booster version is the extended version on the right. All right, next up. All right, so Robaran Mercenary. So I'll read the card, and then we're going to talk a little bit, because I may have mispronounced that too. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about who these people are. So three and a white for a creature, human mercenary. It's a three-four vigilance. It, how do you pronounce it? Because I mean, Robarin, I guess. Robarin, Robarin. That's yeah. how I pronounce it. Uh, mercenaries has all activated abilities of all legendary creatures you control, which is super sweet. And I'm sure people's heads are spinning right now. But first of all, tell us who are these people? So the Robarin mercenaries are this group of. Freedom fighting pirates slash mercenaries that okay. uh, were active in Jamura prior to the invasion. Uh, most famously, Jedid Ojanin joined up with them and had some amazing adventures. Oh, okay. I believe they were started by Hazazan Tamar, possibly. I, I might be off about that. All right. It's a little hazy. But <laughs> they are still active even in modern day Dominaria. They, they've been a successful outfit uh, for centuries now. Mm -hmm. And uh, here they are. They're still teaming up with all kinds of heroes. Yeah, I like I like the flavor text on that. We learn from the best and the worst, pretty much whoever was available. So yeah, whatever legend you have lying around, they're gonna do the thing. Yeah, I can see chats already. Okay, we can we can do this with it. We can do this with it. Um, yeah, we can combo with this. 
this this is going to be a pretty powerful card in a lot of like Sisse decks, legendary focus decks. I like it. I dig it. All right. Next up, we have Emperor Mihail the Second, which means there was an Emperor Mihail before this. Uh, it is a Merfolk Noble for one blue and a blue legendary creature. All right, Merfolk Discord, get your get ready. Uh, you may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may cast Merfolk spells from the top of your library. Whenever you cast a Merfolk spell, you may pay one. If you do, create a 1-1 one, one blue Merfolk creature token, and it's a 3-3. Three, three. Um, cool. So first of all, who is Emperor Mihail? Emperor II? Mihail II is the leader of the Vodalian Merfolk, who okay. are the, the biggest Merfolk nation in Dominaria. And of course, this card calls back to Future Sight, you know, a card that lets you uh, look at the top card of your library yep. and cast spells from the top. Mm -hmm. uh, he's only for Merfolk, but uh, that's, where, that's where you want to play him. You want to play him in a Merfolk deck, uh, maybe in Commander, maybe yep. even in Legacy. I don't know. Oh, it looks like it, it could be. I mean, there's, there seems to be some tricks you could do with like a Meryl Regery mm -hmm. to just kind of go off, which seems pretty sweet. Um, yeah, I have a blue-green... Merville Commander deck this goes right into, into. I dig it. Um, so the Vodalian Merfolk clearly have a long history in Dominaria. Give their sort of story compressed. Right. So the Vodalian Merfolk were originally lived off the coast of Sarpedia, mm -hmm. uh, but when the Homerids came up from the trenches and attacked them, they were all but wiped out, and they had to flee their uh, ancestral lands. Their empress. Uh, jumped into a portal to try to get to safety and was accidentally catapulted a millennium into the future. It was all crazy. Um, so that was so originally that was Fallen Empires. Yep. And then was it Empress Galena? That That's you're right, about? Empress okay. Galena. I know some more. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know they were prominent during the Phyrexian invasion. They fought off the Phyrexians along mm -hmm. with uh, everyone else in Dominaria. And uh, when we made Dominaria in 2018, the Vodalians were one of the major blue factions alongside mm -hmm. the Tolarians. And they're still here, and they're still fighting the Phyrexians. All right. Speaking of Phyrexians, that was a, that was a good transition. I don't know if you meant to do that, but it worked out. Uh, we have Activated Sleeper. So Activated Sleeper is two and a black for a 0-0 Phyrexian shapeshifter. It has Flash. And you may have activated sleeper enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature card in a graveyard that was put there from the battlefield this turn, except that it's a Phyrexian in addition to its other types. All right, so what's the concept going on here? Right, so the Phyrexians have been replacing people with sleeper agents all over Dominaria mm -hmm. to uh, sort of sabotage things and spy on people and kidnap people mm -hmm. and just sow disorder everywhere yeah. to, make to make Dominaria ripe for invasion when the big invasion happens. Uh, and so this represents that. Mechanically, it kind of looks like Body Double, which is a, a mm -hmm. card that can, that can be a copy of a creature from a graveyard. But... Uh, with a twist, you know, it it has flash, but it can only get something that died recently. You don't yeah. want to you don't want to impersonate George Washington if you're going to infiltrate the United States. There's no point. <laughs> uh, everyone would just be like you're dead. Uh, but you know, if you impersonate somebody who was secretly assassinated recently, then whoosh, that would fool everyone. Oh, that makes I I get it. I get it. Now. Is it 
I, I don't know. Have we done this before where it's like a black clone? I know we've done black, blue sort of clone graveyard effects. I don't think we've done something quite like this. I think this is a, a pretty unique card here. Okay. I mean, obviously, you know, in, in a lot of ways it's like reanimating something, but right. uh, there are a lot of different mechanical interactions, different uh, things you can do with this that you can't do with a normal reanimation spell. Very cool. All right. Next up, we have, oh man, talking about things I'm going to mispronounce, Rosnacht. 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 Heir of Roga. There we go. Thank you for handling that part. Uh, we have a one red mana for a zero one legendary creature, Kobold Warrior. It has Battle Cry. Welcome back, Battle Cry. I haven't seen you in a while. And Heroic. Whenever you cast a spell that targets the, this creature, uh, create a zero one red Kobold creature token named Kobolds of the Care Keep. All right, who is this individual? Uh, this is the, uh, the, I guess, the current leader of the Kobolds of Care Keep. Uh, Roga, of course, being the, the first legendary Kobold from way back in the Legend yep. set. But uh, they, they, that character lived a long time ago. Uh, Rosnacht is here, and she's in charge now. Uh, yeah, it's a fun. It's a fun kobold. This one doesn't cost zero mana. It's a little too powerful. I know for that. that. I was like, ah, come on. If only. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The the ability to have battle cry and this uh, this heroic ability combined is uh, that's at least a mana's worth. Of is it is it a real kobold if it doesn't cost either zero or six mana? <laughs> We we did make some other kobolds. There's kobold <laughs> taskmaster and such. So you know it's it's not mandatory that they cost zero. All right. Uh, next up, this this name ring a bell, but I couldn't quite place it, and so I'm sure you'll explain it to us. Uh, Baru Worm Speaker. So two two green legendary creature, human druid, three three worms you control get plus two plus two and have trample. And then an activated ability of seven and a green tap, create a four four green worm creature token. This ability costs X less to activate where X is the greatest power among worms you control. All right, so who is Baru? So you may recall from the future sight set, Baru Fist of Krosa. Mm -hmm. So that was a glimpse into a possible future of magic. Yep. And now we've come to that future. Here we are, we're in the future where Baru exists. He lives in the Croson Forest. He has taken up the mantle of the Druid and is a follower of the uh, Kamalite school of Druidity. Druidity, sure, yeah, Druidity. <laughs> uh, yeah, so here he is, and he, he just loves those worms. Look at him, and they love him. Well, and, you know, the first time I looked at this, I, did, I was just like, oh, he's standing in a forest. No, he's, he's standing on a worm's face. Yep, yep. Yeah. That's so he can give it scritches with his staff. <laughs> yeah, worm tribal. That's new. So, like, when you're make when you're making these, is, do you start with the concept? Uh, in this case, did you start with the concept of let's make a baru, or were you like worm tribal's kind of niche? Let's help them out. This one, it was more start with with baru uh -huh. and see where that takes us. And I was like, okay, worm tribal is something that I get requests for sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's definitely like. A goofy tribe with a fairly large number of members, though. There's a lot yeah. of worms out there. And so 
you know, we used to is, slap worm on like everything. Right. Yeah. I I just you know, and for me, like worms were so exciting when I yeah. first started playing Magic with Alpha. Like crawworm, crawworm. Yeah. was this huge creature. It was a six four, mm-hmm. six four, uh, enormous <laughs> and so cool looking. So I always loved the worms. Yeah. And I know lots of other people have a fondness for worms. So uh, I love I love making these uh, commanders that allow people to. Look back at the old magic cards and uh, and bring them back out and bring uh, that find, find a find a place for them to uh, to shine again. That's a there's an eight six crawl worm with Baru on the table. That's even better than a six four. It makes the activated ability almost free. Do it, <laughs> do it. Crawl worm, commander hit crawl worm. All right, next up, um, another character you may recognize. Green Sleeves Morrow Sorcerer. So three, two green, legendary creature, elemental. Power and toughness is star, star. Protection from planeswalkers and from wizards. That's flavorful. Green Sleeves Morrow Sorcerer's power and toughness are each equal to the number of lands you control. And then whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, create a 3-3 green badger creature token. I love that. Uh, so who is who is Greensleeves first of all, and then we'll get into some badgers. Right, this, this one's a little more complicated. Okay, Greensleeves is the star of the second, third, and fourth magic novels, which are Whispering Woods, Shattered Chains, and Final Sacrifice. The first magic novel being Arena, right? The greatest magic novel of all time. But go on. Um, in those stories, she was a budding druid uh, and powerful spellcaster. Okay. Her people were being oppressed by a bunch of evil wizards and planeswalkers. She, and she and her brother led a popular uprising of various creatures who had been summoned by, by wizards and planeswalkers and then just abandoned. <laughs> and so they all banded together and they got this powerful artifact called the Stone Brain, which is a, a helmet shaped like a brain that... If you zoom and enhance, you'll be able to see that she's wearing it there. Okay. Uh, This had the ability to take away wizards and planeswalkers' magical powers. So she was able to tame these evildoers who were just trying to play magic. Let's be real. (laughs) Uh, And, of course, she was friends with Giant Badgers. You can see her in the flavor text for the original Giant Badger promo that that (laughs) you could get a copy of when uh, when you bought... Clipped a little coupon from, from the, the back of one novel. of those novels. Uh, however, that was a long time ago. It was a really that long was time centuries ago. ago. What's she doing here now? Well, yeah. in the intervening years, Green Sleeves has continued to do her work in the Whispering Woods in Arona, okay. and gradually, as her, as her bond with the woods became more and more powerful, she transformed into a Maro sorcerer, an avatar of the forest composed mm. of plants. So she is now a an elemental. She's no longer a human druid, but an elemental. Okay, so she didn't start out as a marrow sorcerer. That no, was just... she was she was a human to begin with. Okay, and the power of green mana has slowly transmuted her into a marrow sorcerer. And you said the word badger, but like. Were badgers just her thing, or were badgers among her things, and this was just this just made you laugh, or why why badgers? Well, I mean, she she was on the flavor text of giant badger, and yeah, right. badgers were her thing. Like yeah. her her like favored familiar, or whatever, was a badger. So like yeah, badger. That's <laughs> charming. Like a, like, some people like a badger. Some people like a worm. Yeah, yeah exactly. Some people uh, just. Badger. If I if I have a chance to go for the charming thing, I'm going to go for the charming thing. I love it. Love it. Badgers. 
Um, all right, we have one more set booster commander card to show you. Uh, and if you're familiar with Magic Story, this is going to sound familiar. And it's finally getting a legendary version. So this is the Mana Rig. It is a three-mana legendary artifact. Whenever you cast a multicolored spell, create a tapped Power Stone token, which is an artifact with tap, add, colorless. This mana can't be spent to cast a non-artifact spell. And then for XXX and tap, look at the top X cards of your library, put up to two of them into your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Uh, so what is a mana rig? All or right. the mana rig, I suppose. The mana rig is this huge artifact created by Glacian who okay. is a, was a Thran artificer from many thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, he built it in Shiv, and it remained there for many years until eventually Urza discovered it, mm -hmm. and uh, also discovered its ability to produce Power Stones, which up until then had been this super rare thing. Power Stones are the essential component of all advanced artifice in Dominaria. They power all of the war machines of the Brothers War mm -hmm. and the Thran civilization, and they are were essential in the war effort against the Phyrexians. Yeah. So getting a hold of the mana rig was a huge boon for the coalition, and Joyra and Teferi uh, helped to get it up and running again. And it's still there in Shiv now. Joyra, as we've seen in the storyline, uh, was running the mana rig herself. Mm -hmm. And we never made a card for it. It appeared in several cards. Which is crazy because, yeah, it's been for, around for forever. For Invasion block, but, uh, and it was all over Urza Saga block, but yep. we never actually made a card called The Mana Rig. Uh, so we needed to do it. Uh, and, and you can see we have these Power Stone tokens here, yeah. which uh, that's the same token that the, the Karn Planeswalker yep. card makes. So we wanted to align those. I knew the Mana Rig card had to make Power Stone tokens. Obviously. And... It's this symbol of the coalition's war effort. Mm -hmm. uh, and so playing into multicolored spells gotcha. felt like a way to align with the, you know, the themes of Dominaria United, which mm -hmm. is about the different civilizations, the different colors working together to defend the plane against the Phyrexians. All right. So was this one, uh, how'd you land on this one? Did you start with the, well, like you said, we never made a mana rig card. Yeah, we okay. definitely, it was definitely the, the concept first here. Uh, and the execution was quite difficult because there's, there's a little bit of, uh, a little bit of conflict between multicolor matters and spend this, uh, can't spend this on non-artifact yeah. spells, right? A little bit uh, of tension. So, uh, yeah, but we did put that, that last ability on there where you get to spend your mana from the Power right. Stones to activate the Mana Rig's uh, other ability. So yeah. I, I think it'll hang together, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a bit of, t of uh, tension there as far as the design goals. Yeah, well, and the one thing a lot of people miss on the Power Stones mana is that it's you can't use it to cast non-artifact spells you can use it on abilities right thing things that it doesn't matter if the creatures or the thing is an artifact when you activate the ability that's still kosher right um so ideally yeah. what you want to do is cast a multicolor permanent with a big activated ability and mm -hmm. then spend the power stone mana to activate the uh the ability yep makes sense all right so those are all of the set and commander booster exclusive commander cards. It was a mouthful, but we got there. Um, now, I'm, I'm super excited for these previews. 
I handpicked these previews for, for me. For me. Audience. You get to do that. I do you get, get to, to do pick that. whatever one cards you want. <laughs> but, but um, there's, there's juicy stuff in here for Ethan to talk about. These are very cool cards. Um, we are going to start, though, with some sort of just bread and butter, make the set work kind of cards. We haven't shown these off yet. And they are the 10 common tap dual lands, which we have in a lot of sets. Um, not every set, but a lot of sets. Uh, but in Dominaria, domain is important. So how did we land on these? Well, you can see these are a cycle of enters the battlefield tapped lands. And they have two basic land types each, which allows them to tap for one of two different colors. Mm -hmm. um, this is exciting because you can use your fetch lands to get them. Mm -hmm. And also, each one of these increases your domain by two. Right. So they have powerful interactions with the set mechanics, and they'll act more like some of the powerful dual lands that you're familiar with in other formats, you know, the shock lands, yep. the original dual lands. And so any of the cards that interact with those lands will interact with these lands, mm -hmm. which, you know, they're not as powerful. They always undertapped, right. but uh, it does sort of allow you to uh, build a mana base uh, with, you know, cards that, that you just got out of your draft pile, and yeah. it'll play a lot more like, uh, you know, cards with a lot of rare cards in the mana base. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of times your shock land is coming into play tapped anyway, but I think also it's, you know, it's where these are, these are common which is huge for the limited format, making domain work. It's super important. Um, I, I'm sure some pauper fans out there are also salivating over things they can possibly do now as well. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure there are some cards that can, uh, can search these up and will hopefully enable some, some cool new decks in pauper. Yeah. So I did see a question in chat that's worth jumping on. Um, it's, the question is simply, what's domain? We did throw it out oh, here. Oh, sure. Yeah. Domain is a mechanic in Dominaria United, and uh, it, it's applied in a bunch of different ways, but basically every domain card asks how many basic land types are there among lands you control. So if you have a swamp and an island and a forest, your domain is three. If you have six forests and one mountain, your domain is two, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So those help out because they are multiple land types in one card. Right, and usually those common dual lands that we make do not have basic land types. They right. just have the ability to tap for one color or the other. But yep. uh, for this set, we, uh, we made these new ones that work with domain and yeah, uh, and, yeah work, with, work with other cards in interesting ways too. Yeah, we've come a long way since Coastal Tower. Yeah, we have, yeah. we have. Um, speaking of Coastal Tower, our next card is a reprint from that era. I don't think they were printed in the same set. They weren't. But um, it's about the time I started playing Magic. And so I'm super excited because we've been printing versions of this card that didn't quite get there. The numbers were a little smaller or they did something else. Um, but I'm happy to announce the return of Impulse. So if you're not familiar, one and a blue for an instant. Look at the top four cards of your library. Four, not three, everyone. Put one of them into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. Um, the, the flavor text from Teferi, of course, because Teferi, Teferi's in OG. Teferi was quoted on the original Impulse. He wasn't pictured on the original Impulse, but he was quoted. Um, so I'm feeling all kinds of feelings in this. H how did this end up back in the set? Uh, well, I mean, I wasn't involved in adding this card. This was added yep. during the set design period, but, uh, you know, Lots of people have fond feelings for Impulse, mm -hmm. and in fact, 
impulse is sort of R&D slang for any, any ability that looks at the top however many cards of your library yeah. for something. Uh, so it is it's sort of the iconic version of that effect. And what set was it in original? Was Visions. That? Visions. Vi oh, yeah. Visions, yeah. It came out in Visions and then we have reprinted it but always in ancillary sets. Mm -hmm. it, it never made its way back into standard. For a yeah. while, Impulse was like the gold standard of you know, the, the sort of ponder preordain sort of blue card selection deal because it's an right. instant. Until, until we printed ponder. Right. Those were a that little was, bit better. That was, that was <laughs> when we, I would say ponder was, was stronger than it should have been. Like yeah. looking, looking at how it's performed in various formats, I think it was, it was a little too strong. I think yep. impulse is definitely very strong, yes. but uh, yeah, not, not going to be totally busted, hopefully, like no. uh, like we found that Ponder Preordain were. Fun bit of trivia: the original Impulse had errata. Oh right, because <laughs> it it made you shuffle after you put the card. You on put top the cards. You you took your card and then put the cards on the bottom, and it was like then shuffle. And I was like, why why <laughs> why, why did it just, so they got rid of anyway. That's the correct wording, but it was the we original right Impulse. It was errata shortly after release. You just be like, don't, don't shuffle, don't do that. <laughs> don't shuffle. That don't. was an accident. Yeah. All right. Um, the next card, super cool. So a lot of people, you, you hinted at, at the beginning, a lot of people love sagas, and we have the read ahead mechanic now as well, and and so we've hit on a bunch of familiar stories. So this next one was a huge moment in the original fight against the Phyrexians, which was Urza assembles the Titans. So I'm going to read this, and then you're going to tell us about the, the story and all of what's going on here. Urza assembles the Titan is three and two white for a read ahead saga. Read ahead lets you start on any chapter of the three. Uh, so chapter one, scry four, then you may reveal the top card of your library. If a Planeswalker card is revealed this way, put it into your hand. Chapter two, you may put a Planeswalker card with mana value six or less from your hand onto the battlefield. In Chapter 3, you may activate the loyalty abilities of Planeswalkers you control twice this turn rather than only once. All right, so, Ethan, what was the story behind Urza assembling the Titans? Right. So, during the original Phyrexian invasion, uh, Urza knew that they needed to take the fight directly to Phyrexia. Mm -hmm. And who could do that better than a bunch of Planeswalkers, given yep. that Phyrexia is a different plane, right? So he assembled the first big Planeswalker team, which was the Nine Titans. Um, can, you, can you name all the Titans? Oh, I think so. That's a, they're very small on here. <laughs> but uh, So Urza himself, of course, is the figure in the middle there. And yep. then going around, I believe we have Lord Windgrace. I believe that is Taysir of Rabia. Christina of the Woods. Oh, man, who is that one there? That's probably... Bowling. Commodore Guff. Oh, yeah. Uh, Freilis. Bolivar. Um, oh, man, who's that one? It's so small. That must be Tevish Zot and then Daria. So these are all Planeswalker well, I characters. Like I, need, I feel like I should applaud that. <laughs> that was impressive. Yeah. So these are, these are characters that appeared in old magic novels and comic books. Mm -hmm. None of these were uh, characters that were just made up for this story, I believe. Yeah, these these all appeared somewhere else first. So uh, they they really dug. Oh, and that's that's not true. Commodore Guff 
and Bolivar, I believe, were made up for the invasion. So okay. They did not appear before then. Uh, but yeah. Commodore Guffcard went? <laughs> Never if I have anything to say with it. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, obviously, the mechanics of this card are all about Planeswalkers. It's all about yep. putting it in your Super Friends deck to power up your Planeswalkers, uh, which it makes sense. Here's the, here's the original Super Friends. Yeah. No, very cool card. Um, okay. I have two cards left. And I'm going to, I admit, like, when we get to these, I'm feeling all the feelings about this. Mm -hmm. So you're going you're gonna to have to explain yourself here. Because um, one of my favorite characters early on, again, we're going way back in the Wayback Machine, is Airtie. Right. Yep. I think originally printed in, like, Weatherlight, maybe? Because Airtie was, it might have been, Te oh, yeah, you're right. It was Tempest. And Airtie was one of the original crew members on the Weatherlight. Right. Like, OG crew member. Went through some troubles, got caught by the Frexians, ended up dead at some point in time. All right, so this next card tells me, first of all, Airtie's not dead. Airtie's full of scorn. And that flavor text there, you're not so special, Karn. Anything that has been assembled can be disassembled. And of course, I'll read the card real quick. One blue and a blue, instant, dispel cost blue, less to cast. If an opponent casts two or more spells this turn, counter target spell. All right, so what's going on in this moment here? I mean, Urtai is talking smack, as he always does on these <laughs> counter spells, right? Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and clearly he's messing with Karn. I believe they got in a fight in the, uh, in the stories. In the stories. So we know Urtai's back, but it still messes with me to see this next card. Urtai Resurrected. So this is two a black and a blue, or two a blue and a black, if you will. Legendary creature, Phyrexian Human Wizard, 3-2, Flash. When Airtai Resurrected enters the battlefield, choose up to one. Counter target spell, activated ability, or triggered ability, its controller draws a card, and destroy another target creature or planeswalker, its controller draws a card. All right, give us, give us some background on... Tell us the story of Airtai. All right, so this is... Definitely my most self-indulgent moment was putting Urtai in <laughs> Dominaria United. All right, so what happened was uh, Urtai was uh, a member of the Talarian Academy. Mm -hmm. He was taught by Baron, the Master Wizard. Uh, the Weatherlight crew went to Talaria to try to convince Baron to join their crew. Yep. And Baron was like, no, but I have this extremely pleasant young man that <laughs> I feel would benefit from a little extracurricular activity away from the Tolarian Academy. <laughs> and uh, they, so they brought on Urtai, who uh -huh. was, you know, this, this, uh, this wizard, uh, powerful wizard, very arrogant, incredibly yep. arrogant, seriously full of himself, mm -hmm. and in need of some personal development. Let's just put it that way. Um, they brought Urtai with them to the Plane of Wrath, and he was accidentally left behind. So, Accidentally? I'm yeah. doing air quotes. Nobody can see this right now. Yeah. Um, he was left behind, and... Uh, it was accidental. It was kind it, of heroic, actually. Yeah, he, he heroically uh, you know, sealed the portal behind them, or opened the portal in front of them, or both of them. I think, I think he had to hold the portal open for the weather light to fly right. through, but they were being... I, I, 
God, I this is how old it's I am. been a minute. They were being chased by I think the Predator flagship. Yeah. And so the weatherlight went through and then closed the portal so that they couldn't be followed. Think. So after that, yes. Urtai was still on Wrath. You know, the, the rest of the Weatherlight crew went off and had more adventures. Yep. Um, Urtai was stuck on Wrath, but he is still a powerful wizard. Yeah. Like, he's no slouch. And so in the Nemesis novel, the uh, with Volrath's disappearance, since he'd stowed away aboard the Weatherlight, yep. Volrath, the Evancar of Wrath, the leader of Wrath, was no longer on the on the plane. The the Phyrexians demanded that a new Evancar be selected, and so there were several candidates, including Urtai. Urtai mm. was one of the potential candidates. Uh, eventually, the the Evancar was chosen, and it was Krovax, yep. not Urtai. But uh, Urtai was completed and turned into a Phyrexian monstrosity. He joined the invasion and attacked, uh, attacked Dominaria mm -hmm. and was killed more or less by accident by Squee. Oops. <laughs> Squee can be clumsy sometimes. Squee he is killed, the real hero he of Dominaria. Now, here comes the weird continuity wrinkle, which is why I say that this is self-indulgent. Okay. Um, so I, I've read... I believe every every word there is to be read about Dominaria as far as like official fiction mm -hmm. goes. And the Wrath and Storm novel, which was like the the uh, Tempest Block novel, yep. uh, has a as a framing story, this old librarian character is telling this young student about the adventures of the Weatherlight. And it's totally clear from context cues that this old guy is Urtai. And he's okay. turned his life around and is no longer a jerk and he's really old and he's a librarian and he's, he's teaching the young. Yeah. He's like, well, if he's dead, then how could this happen? Right? Yeah. So I was like, all right, I know this is, this is very silly and it's, it's very, you know, this, this forgotten novel from however many years ago. Uh, do we really need to do this? I was like, I need to do this. All right. No, so, you definitely need to You know to do what this. the Phyrexians, if Shieldred is coming here. She's a master of black mana. Yep. Let's bring Urtai back. She uses some horrible Phyrexian magic slash science to resurrect Urtai from whatever bits are left over in the stronghold. Mm -hmm. And he can be the Evancar of the stronghold here in Dominaria now and, you know, assist the Phyrexian invasion. Hopefully at some point in the future, he will find some way to become that, An old wise, librarian. that wise old librarian. <laughs> but uh, that will be a story for a different day. Yeah, yeah, he skipped over the part where he was a Phyrexian yeah. and dead for a while. <laughs> but yeah. All right. So that covers all of the preview cards that we have for today. Um, so that means it's Q&A time. That means if you have questions for Ethan... And they can be about some obscure Dominaria trivia here. Like, you can go deep. Put them in chat. It helps if you tag at magic, um, just because it's easier for me to see it. And then we will start asking questions of Ethan. And let's try to stick to Dominaria. There, I, I'm not going to answer questions about Arena or anything. That's not his area. Um, Unless it's the Arena novel. Unless it is the Arena novel. We could have an entire show about the Arena novel. I've read that thing probably four times. All right. Show us the Badger token. Maybe producer Sean can work some magic there, but I'm not going to promise anything. He says he's on it. 
Um, all right, let's see. Are the set booster commander cards available in foil? Um, so the best answer for any sort of, is this available in what, especially when you're talking about collector boosters, is to head to dailymtg.com and on um, debut day, the 18th, we ran uh, a couple articles about the set and about the makeup of everything. And I'm drawing a blank on what the name of the article is. I know Stibbs is watching and we'll probably put it in chat uh, and maybe a link to it. It's like where to find Dominaria United cards. There's where to so find much. Dominaria previews, which tells you oh, where right, the previews right, right. are. And then there's, um, I believe it's collecting Dominaria United, which has the chart which says what slots are in each booster. That was by Mike Turian, I believe, that article. Yes, yeah. So that will, that will give you all of the details. We could try to rattle them off here, but honestly, that is the, that is the core document that will have everything that you need. About yeah, it's, that. it's probably better to look at the article because it's hard to remember every little, every little detail about that sort of thing, and they, they make sure that they get all the details right in the article. Yep, absolutely. Are we getting the rest of the cards tonight or tomorrow? The full card image gallery will be going up tomorrow. Yay! Um, okay, so the question is no slime foot card, question mark, and what's up with Yargle? So obviously some of that's forward looking, but um, people love Yargle. Yargle's from Dominaria. Why is there no Yargle here? Uh, well, all right, so the, the sort of basic philosophy here was I tried to make as many characters who uh, hadn't appeared on cards or had, didn't, at least didn't appear in the original Dominaria set mm -hmm. from 2018. There were a few characters that, for story reasons, we really wanted to put in here. Sure. But uh, because Yargle and Slimefoot uh, are not featured in uh, the DMU story very much, uh, they didn't get cards this time. But uh, we are definitely all fans of Yargle and Slimefoot here. I love them both, and I would not be surprised if we why uh, make new cards see them perfect soon. already. That, like, that's that is, also true. I mean, what, are you going to make worse cards? Yeah, yeah. like... This one's a 10-4. That's not as cool as a 9-3. <laughs> uh, next question. Oh, we got the badger. Oh, we got the badger. We got Let's the see badger the badger token. Show us the badger. That oh, is a badger. Yeah. That is, in fact, a badger with some green magic. Token creature badger. Excellent. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> All right. Um, is, next question for Ethan, uh, is Svelun, S-V-Y-E-L-U-N, uh, still alive? Svelun is the uh, goddess worshipped by the Vodalian merfolk mm -hmm. and has been for a long time, since the Fallen Empire's days. Uh, I'm going to kind of dodge that question because Svelun is a, a somewhat abstract figure. Uh, has, was she ever alive? Maybe. Mm. She's a god and, you know, these things are mysterious. So they act a little bit differently. Well, you know? Yeah. Like, is Thor still alive? Hmm? Maybe. <laughs> uh, next question. Uh, so, Baru was from Krosa, right? Question mark. Yep. Um, are the Nantuko all right? The Nantuko are doing great. Great. Our general philosophy with, uh, with Dominaria is that thing you loved is probably still alive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, including air tie. 
<laughs> um, all right. Here's a great question for you. Book recommendations for new fans to catch up on the lore before Dominary United. Ooh. All right. That's a fun one. Um, I would really recommend Jeff Grubb's Ice Age trilogy if you mm -hmm. get a hold of it. That is The Gathering Dark, The Eternal Ice, and The Shattered Alliance. That's impressive. Super fun. Yep. Well written. Do a great job of sort of explaining the uh, the mechanics of how the uh, the card game mechanics translate into uh, the creative of magic, uh, at least as as it was understood at the time those books were written, which you know that was yeah in the early two thousands, late nineties, I believe. Uh, but uh, a, a lot of fun. Then, You'll get to yeah. find out all about Joda and Jaya Ballard and Lim Duel. Yeah. And uh, a lot of that stuff is still relevant. Like Jaya Ballard is a major character here. Joda is a major character yep. here. And as we found out, Lim Duel is the Raven Man. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's, that's a great one to read. Yeah. We were real big back in the day on giving people either like immortality or the ability not to age. So like, yeah, I guess they're still around. That's what happens when your plot spans millennia. <laughs> you need a bunch of characters that can live a long time. Um, all right. What made you want to do a Phyrexian Kavu, given the history of Kavus? Well, the thing that we really wanted to do with the Phyrexians was to shock people. One of the, one of the Phyrexians' biggest attributes is that they are um, invasive and upsetting and... Uh, there's a word on the tip of my tongue. I can't quite come up with it. It's all right. Uh, and yeah, so like things like, oh, the Kavu were created by Gaia to fight the Phyrexians. The, the Weatherlight was created by Urza to fight the Phyrexians. Yeah. Seeing these symbols of the invasion perverted into Phyrexian form enhances the horror and raises the stakes and makes it clear that the Phyrexians are serious and they're not to be trifled with, and mm -hmm. this, is a, this is a serious threat to Dominaria. Yeah. Uh, next question, whatever happened to, to Chromium, one of the Elder Dragon legends? Did he ever see a return? Chromium was killed by, I believe, Tevish Sot, mm -hmm. and his corpse was turned into a planar barge by a deranged planeswalker named Ravidel. And okay. he rode it around and <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> was a jerk to people. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't think we're going to Never see. say never, but, I, you know. I, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we brought Urtai back. We brought Braids back. But, uh, yeah, la <laughs> Chromium, last scene, he was a boat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. All right, question that you may or may not know the answer to. Um, are the common lands that we just showed, are they in the common slot or the land slot, specifically of draft boosters, I guess? I don't know that off the top of yeah, my head. That's, that's a fair question. I don't, it is I don't a want good to give question, the wrong answer. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. Chat wants to know when Chromium vehicle went. Yeah. <laughs> Chromium vehicle went. Yeah, if, one day. If we had done Elder Dragons uh, in the uh, the Legends Reborn thing, I was totally going to do a double-faced chromium that turns into <laughs> a vehicle. 
Um, okay, so we've got a bunch of questions about slivers, and I know people were like, where are the slivers? So why are there not slivers in this set? Where are they? What are they up to? Right, slivers are creatures that each one of them grants an ability to all other slivers. Mm -hmm. uh, and so um, if you just have one sliver in a set, it doesn't really do much. It's yeah. just a creature with an ability. Uh, so you kind of want to have a bunch of slivers in uh, in a set that where slivers appear. Yeah. And so... The slivers are still on Dominaria, they still live there, but uh, we haven't seen them in, in Dominaria 2018 or in uh, Dominaria United just because they would take up such a, a large amount of real estate in the set sure. that they would kind of crowd out uh, the other themes that uh, were more important uh, for us to focus on here, just given the, the overall story of what Magic is about uh, for this year. Okay. But, you know, one of these days, when we come back to Dominaria, you're going to see slivers because I, I love me some slivers. So yeah. don't don't worry. Once again, the thing you love is probably still alive. And in this case, <laughs> I promise they're still alive. Um, does the arena novel take place on Dominaria? So does it? It's, it's always been like a weird continuity thing. Right. There are definitely some, you know, minor continuity glitches with those early magic minor. novels where just like, <laughs> A lot of a lot of the sort of world building hadn't been established yeah. uh, t to the degree it is right now. But yes, uh, Arena definitely takes place on Dominaria, and when uh, when the folks that kind of established Dominaria's uh, geography and everything were building out those maps, Pete Venters especially was one who uh, who was in charge of the continuity department at the time. He combed through all those old novels and took lots of details from mm. from those novels including arena and incorporated them into the the early dominaria maps so absolutely uh, arena takes place on dominaria yeah and uh if you know if you if you find a, a place name on there you will find it on one of those old maps somewhere nice yeah one of the main characters was a, a banalish hero right yeah i don't think they explicitly called it that but like they described the the person and it just matched the art on I've read that book a few times. Um, will we ever hear more about the Delthi Sultari War and how the Thalicos were involved? So this is this is going way back as well. Right. So these are these are creatures from Tempest Block mm -hmm. that were from Dominaria. The Sultari and the Thalicos and the Dauthi were strange humanoid creatures from Dominaria uh, who were partially trans transported to wrath but were trapped in the shadow realm so they're sort of partially in uh in between dimensions or something mm -hmm. uh i think it's likely that we'll find out more about them eventually we didn't get to them this time mm -hmm. um we did get the core here though which are from uh wrath originally yep. that's where we where we originally saw the core uh for the first time and so uh those core, when the Wrathy overlay happened, uh, everything from Wrath got transported to uh, to Dominaria. So the uh, the core are there. They live in New Argive now. Mm -hmm. um, the Douthi and the Thalicos probably got transported to Dominaria also. Uh, I, I don't think we saw any of them in Time Spiral Block, did we? Time Spiral Block? I can't think of it. Uh, we might have. There was some shadow in that block. Yeah. I think it was all core and doll in Beck, though. 
Anyway, they're yeah. probably there. The Soltari, however, are on Mercadia because they went through the planar portal to Mercadia at the same time that the Weatherlight went through. Gotcha. And then were immediately dropped from the plot and we never saw them again. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, here's an here's a interesting question. So a lot of the new characters that we're meeting are characters who are trying to live up the, to the legacy of either their ancestor or, or someone whose mantle they've taken up. And so this individual is wondering if anyone has followed the legacy of Orem. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we, Orem, is a, speaking of Mercadia, Orem lives on Mercadia, uh, mm -hmm. is a Samite healer, uh, or did, you know, did live there. Uh, she married Cho, Cho, Mano. Cho Mano, the, uh, the famous rebel. Yeah. And uh, they had a kid named Oris, who you see on a Future Sight card. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the Future Shifted legends is Oris. Uh, so that's the, the direct legacy of Orim. Uh, there are lots of Samite healers, actually on many planes. Uh, the, the Samite order was in some way uh, interplanar in nature, because we see, uh, we see Samites on Mercadia, on Dominaria, yep. also on Muradin, and uh, Old Grotha. So hmm. they got around. I'm not sure how they got around, <laughs> but they got around. But they did. So yeah, I'm sure, uh, yeah, I can't remember if we ended up making a, a Samite. I think there's a Samite card in the file somewhere. I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't either, but I, no. I, do, I do see it. It's ringing a bell. So keep your eyes open tomorrow when all the cards go up and maybe you'll find a Samite healer. Maybe. Why not bring the retro frame back in DMU? Well, because we didn't. Yeah, I saw the question yeah. a couple times. Uh, people, people love the retro frame. I love the retro frame. I have a retro frame deck. Uh, it will return at some point in the future. Dominar United was not the place. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I do feel like yeah, it, it could it could make good thematic sense. But yeah. Um, we didn't do the retro frame because we did the other things. The stained glass, yeah. yeah, yeah, the stained glass. So, you can't do all the things, and the stained glass. Is, the stained glass is really cool, and the the foiling. If you haven't seen the pictures of it online, um, is also really cool. It's unique foiling for the stained glass treatment, so definitely check those out. But yeah, we know we know there's retro frame fans out there, and uh, there will be retro frames in the future. I promise yep. that. Um. So, I don't know if it's the same person, but folks asking, will Teferi have a card in this set? Not in this set. Right. He is not in this set. Um, okay, another lore question. Are there any surviving primordials apart from Rith and Dariaz? Right. So, there are no other primordials who are currently active, but there may be surviving ones. Okay. Fair enough. We'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, what happened with the Predator ship? We mentioned that earlier, facing off against the Weatherlight. Right. What happened with the, the Predator? The Predator was destroyed during the Phyrexian invasion, I believe. I think that's right. I don't think anybody saw fit to rebuild that ship. <laughs> uh, let's see. All right. Important question. All right. That... It was in Hull Breach. They crashed it into the Stronghold. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. Um, now that we have Garth and Green Sleeves, when are we getting Vram? I don't know who that is. <laughs> is that Lorelei? <laughs> uh, I don't 
<laughs> think so? No, wow. There's two Vram fans. Yeah, so Vram, <laughs> Vram is a, uh, a Planeswalker character from a magic short story uh, from some sort of shape-shifting, purple-haired, all-female species, I believe. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, that seems cool to me. <laughs> uh, we made a Gaedron Dihada card, so I'd say that uh, Vram is certainly not off the table. All right. Last question, and it's not even a question. It is an all-caps request that I'm going to honor. All right. <laughs> um, talk about Jedit. Just talk about Jedit. All right. Jedit O'Janon, huge tiger man, one of the biggest cat warriors of all time, uh, appeared in the original Legends set, had his own comic book series. Mm-hmm was the star of two different magic novels and founded a great dynasty of cat warriors in uh, the Scarwood in Jamura. We saw, he was kind of infamous almost for leaving his homeland of Afrava, which was a major no-no among his people. You're supposed to stay in your place, which is in this woods and don't go out there. Uh, he went out searching for his missing father and joined the Robarian mercenaries and, you know, had a, fought a big war against the evil Johan, flew around in an airship and was a total badass. We got to see an alternate universe incarnation of Jedid O'Janon mm -hmm. in Planar Chaos, uh, a yep. view of what would have happened if Jedid O'Janon had stayed home and become a leader among his people instead of wandering out there gallivanting around. That was a mono green version. Yep. Uh, the original version was a white blue card. Uh, we've seen that his dynasty continues because there's a modern day descendant, Tsar O'Janon, who is another cool tiger person. And uh, then, of course, we got in uh, the, the uh, Legends Reborn set uh, of cards that uh, are the box toppers. Mm -hmm. We got a, a Jedid O'Janon, who yep. is a. a uh, just a, a flashback version, a, a redesigned version of the original uh, vanilla card, I believe, <laughs> uh, who, uh, who's also white-blue, but uh, has green in his color identity. It's yeah. sort of a callback to that Planar Chaos card. Great. All right. That was the last question. I am going to read one more comment just because it's a great comment and it exemplifies this, this show. I would love a Commodore Guff card that writes himself into exile as his ultimate. I would too. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, okay, we are just about out of time. Uh, I want to thank Ethan for showing up and bestowing all of this knowledge on us. We are definitely going to have to have him back on and just, I mean, it, we're, we're about to start celebrating Magic's 30th anniversary, so stories about Magic stories are definitely going to be things we do. So we'll have Ethan back. Um, thank you for tuning in. Dominary United full card image gallery goes up tomorrow tomorrow and then the digital release happens next week on thursday followed by tabletop pre-releases immediately after that starting friday uh, and then the global release week after that on september 9th um, next week on weekly mtg if you're curious about what it's like to open up dominar united we'll be cracking some packs and looking at that nice. uh, otherwise thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week